0: Welcome to Life Lessons, a ministry of Metro Believers Church. We pray that you will be encouraged by today's teaching. And now, our guest speaker. ladies today. You know that they set aside a special day for us? Isn't that awesome? I'm expecting my chariot anytime. Where's my chariot? (laughs) All right. So again, I just wanted to share with you today my story because it's going to take longer than five minutes. (laughs) So I want to start, first of all, with honoring one of the greatest women of our nation. And that is our former first lady, Barbara Bush. She recently passed away, and she left a lot, a lot of memories. And she left a lot of touched. You know, she touched a lot of hearts. She, um, the main thing that she focused on was to love her family. Do you guys remember that? Do you remember her? And uh, she gave a she gave a really good good speech at a commencement ceremony in 1990 for the Wesley College. And this commencement speech that she made is still good today. It's still true for us today. And it comes from a very godly woman with a great legacy that we can all remember her by. And the words are going to show up on the screen back there so you can read them with me. Find the joy in life because, as Ferris Bueller said on his day off, Life moves pretty fast. And you don't stop and look around once in a while. You're going to miss it. Notes, thank you. If anybody needs notes for today or a pen, please raise your hands and our ushers will gladly get that to you. All right, continue on. Another choice that must not be missed is to cherish your human connections, your relationships with family and friends. For several years... You've had it impressed upon you, the importance of your career to be dedicated and to do a lot of hard work. And, of course, that is true. But as important as your obligations are as a doctor, a lawyer, a business leader, you are a human being first. This is her words. This is what she was trying to encourage these college students. And those human connections with spouses, with children, with friends— are the most important investments you will ever make. Are you hearing me? At the end of your life, you will never regret not having passed over one more test, winning one more verdict, or closing one more deal, but you will regret time that has not been spent with a husband, a child, a friend, or a parent. So this is our message for us ladies today and gentlemen as well, this applies to all of us, that it is important that we focus on our relationships. I wanted to share this with you because they touch every aspect of our lives, don't they? And with that, I want to share with you my story. My story began a long time ago. won't tell you how long. I was not raised, I was raised in a different country. I was born in Chile, South America, Santiago, Chile. South America, and um, I was not raised with these principles or encouragements. I was born um, to a a couple that their marriage only lasted five years, and it was a very tumultuous years of pain and betrayal by my father. I was uh, brought into this world the last year of their marriage after six miscarriages that my mom had had. She was an athlete, and conception can be very difficult for athletes because of the stress that they put their bodies through. So, my parents divorced shortly after I was born. So my mom was left at a very critical time of her career and life with a baby girl wanted by her father and a mom too busy working to make ends meet. Okay. My laptop just, my iPad just clicked off. (laughs) But... Anyway, um, it was too hard. It was hard for her to be. Thank you, hon. There we go. He was prepared. Thanks, babe. (laughs) So I was left to really raise myself. I was by myself. I was usually with nannies or family members. And I grew up basically on my own, forming my own opinions and uh, making my own decisions. Even for my spiritual life, I was always looking for approval in the wrong places. Tragically, at the age of three and a half years old, I came down with a plague that was called polio, and that was in 1956. It almost took my life and tried to make me and turn me into a cripple. But my mother, being a determined and very stubborn woman, <laughs> tried every conceivable means to get me well. And uh, she would put me in really hot, hot baths with seaweed in it. I don't know what the science is behind that, but I'm sure there was some. And also um, yoga and Pilates classes and a lot of surgeries. She was determined that I would not be a cripple, that I would be able to live my life to the fullest. And uh, I thank my mom for that. I thank her very much. I didn't quite appreciate all of that at the time. Can you imagine? Three and a half years old, coming out of a bathtub, beat red. It's like, what are you doing to me? But anyway, um, it was hard to write my story when I was doing this last week. I shed many tears. I relieved a lot of shame and regret and wished, of course, that we could go back and change things. But God never wastes a hurt, does he? He turns our failures into triumphs. And that's why he wants us all to share our stories. To help others not to make the same mistakes. And also to see God's hand in our lives. We serve a good, good father. Just like that song today. He is recklessly searching for us. He's running after me. He was running after me. So back to uh, Lady Bush's speech. I didn't have a family that valued each other. Those were not taught in my family my mom 's siblings were constantly bickering with each other. My grandma was a very critical lady, and she was very upset at my mom, so she always I bore the brunt of her dissatisfaction with my mother. my father 's family was a little bit different. They felt sorry for me, and they tried their best to make me part of their family, even though I was a constant reminder to my paternal grandmother and my aunts and uncles that my dad had abandoned them as well so needless to say at a very young age i had to become a survivor and i determined with everything within me to not be compared to my mom's weaknesses or my father's failures i was a very unhappy little girl and teenager as you can imagine then when my mom uprooted me from the only family i knew and brought me to New York for my own good, to have more surgeries, I was so mad and resentful that I distanced myself from her for many years. It took a long time for me to come to the place that I realized the sacrifice that she had made for me, the courage that it took as a single parent, in that culture at that time, to make a decision to leave family and everything else and move to another country. Now, it happens a lot more often in the US that we get a lot of immigrants, but back then, it was very hard for her. So these were very dark years for me as I also experienced sexual abuse at the early age of 14 while living unsupervised in New York while my mom worked. I had a daddy wound in my heart that no matter where I turned, it was never to be fulfilled. I became pregnant at the age of 18 and married my daughter's father. Again, I was trying as hard to heal that daddy wound. Of course, the marriage didn't last past two years, and I found myself as a single parent with a very sick little girl, which also happens to have a very determined and stubborn stubborn mother, (laughs) me. (laughs) So I would not give up on her, And let her die either. Not that I was a perfect mother by any means. I was still growing up myself and trying to find happiness in all the wrong places. I don't know if any of you can relate to this in one way or another, but it was not a good place to be. I had Rhonda in daycare at the time while I was working, and I would pick her up from work. At times, I wasn't exactly in my full eight-cylinders if you know what I mean. But there was a lady there, I call her grandma, that was always sweet to us and loving. She never condemned me, and she never, never um, corrected me either. She just, I believe wholeheartedly that she was one of my prayer warriors. I mean, I didn't have anybody praying for me that I knew of. So I believe she was. Then there was this guy that lived across the street from me, a young punk, I called him. He showed an interest, and we we began to date for a short time. Then he went into the Army. I felt he was different from the other men, and he was caring and had a tender heart and a big body. He came home one day unexpectedly because his mom had passed away. And I uh, was headed to California to start my life over again. But I decided to pay my respects and um, go to the wake. At that time in Michigan, a funeral and a wake was three days long. So you had a lot of time to visit with family. When I met his grandpa and his great aunt, they were very loving and accepting. And uh, it was wonderful. It was great. And then to to see Glenn in a very distraught way at his great loss, now you know who the big guy is. I decided that I needed to stay there and be with him. So now, the rest is history, right? Yeah. But God finally began to capture my heart through Grandpa Broom. You've heard Pastor Glenn share his testimony on how much Grandpa Broom meant to him. Well, I didn't get to know him quite as long as he did, but he was special. To me, he was a resemblance of God. He was loving, caring, caring. He didn't condemn. He didn't try to correct. He just loved me. And his Aunt Ruby was the same way. They were very, very sweet and accepting. So it has been quite the journey since 1974 in that that funeral home. Why did I share this with you? That's my story. That was my story. Why, Why am I sharing this? To show you God's redemption and the reckless love that he has for us all. I requested from the worship team that they would play that song for us today. Because you know what? It speaks a lot to me about his love, his unconditional love. And how he tries in every way to reach us. Now, back to her Lady Barbara's speech. Now, no matter how inefficient we have lived our lives or how many choices or good or bad choices we have made, decisions that we have made that maybe weren't correct. It can all be redeemed by our good, good father. As adults, let's make a choice to cherish our connections with family and friends. I understand that this is not always possible, but the Bible says that whenever it's up to us to live at peace with others, let's do that. So as far as we can, Let's try to cherish those connections. If we're married, let's work on having great marriages. I didn't say perfect marriages. I haven't met a perfect one yet. (laughs) But let's work on having great marriages. If we're parents, if we're lucky enough to be parents, let's make it a life journey with lots of lessons to learn, lots of tears of repentance as well as tears of joy, Scrapes and bruises, right? If you're a single adult or a college and career person, these principles apply to you as well. It's important to have those family connections. My father and my mother are both deceased. I don't have any siblings, as as you could tell. I'm just an only child. But I would have had six brothers, so watch out. (laughs) Maybe that's why I'm strong, No, determined (laughs) and stubborn. (laughs) So Lady Barbara Bush's um, principles that she shared with his college students that were graduating that day are all biblical, biblical things that, you know, the scriptures really relate to us, that that is how God intends for us to live. Now, I didn't have that. I didn't grow up with the scriptures. I didn't grow up in a godly home. I didn't have um, mentors or parents or, or family members in any way that wanted to go to church. If, any, if anything, nobody went to church in my family back then. I was the only one that would go to Catholic church because I wanted to sing in the glee club. So, but, you know, I had a hunger for God, and obviously he was drawing himself to me. He was continually drawing me to him, I should say. So... Let's look at a few of these verses here in Ephesians. You've heard these all the time, okay? But these are instructions. For me, these were instructions on how to live a godly life as a woman, first of all, as a wife, second of all, and as a mom. So these are good instructions. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And the wife must respect her husband. I mean, we've heard these before, correct? Ephesians 6, 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You notice that? That second part of that verse? So that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So next time your kids misbehave, make sure you quote this to them. Honor your father and mother, kids, so that you can live a long life, a good life. All right. Verse 4 of chapter 6. Fathers, in other translations, is translated as parents. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And this is talking, and verse 5 is talking now to employees and employers. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear. And with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people. This is how God wants us to live as business people, as human beings, as males and females. So it encompasses every area of life. This was good for me because this was how I learned from God how I needed to be before I had any instruction at home. God values the home. He puts such an emphasis in the scriptures about the home, about marriages, about parenting, about business, about employees, about children, and so on. We need his help and his guidance. He wants to help us. He desires to help us. I could not do this on my own. I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the equipment. I was living in ignorance. So, let me say something here to the moms today. Things don't have to stay the same. If you're touched by this message or by my story, you can start today to make changes. Today is a new day. Today you can acknowledge your weaknesses and failures and ask God to help you be a godly woman wife, and mother, if you choose. Today, we should take our obligations seriously and our relationships with our parents, our husbands and children, and family, to take them to the God level. Did I parent responsibly, effectively, and perfect? No. By any means, no. Am I a perfect helper wife? No. No. Don't answer that, honey. (laughs) Am I a perfect Christian? No. Am I a perfect employer? No. Am I a perfect employee and pastor's wife? No. Big (laughs) N-O. I am just like you. I'm a flawed sinner that needs God's mercies every morning. And I added noon and night. The scripture says that God's mercies on you every morning. And I said, no, I need them in the in the noonday, and I need them at night. I need them all the time, 24-7. I need your mercies, Lord, to do this. I needed him to show me how to be a godly woman. I needed him to show me how to be a godly wife. I needed him to show me how to be a godly mother and grandmother. It's a journey. It's a journey, you guys. We're not perfect at it, are we? And we don't have to be full of regrets, I was full of regrets as I was preparing this this last week. I was full of regrets because I wasn't respectful of my mother and I did not appreciate her um, sacrifice that she made. And even as a single parent, single parents to me are so close to my heart because your job is twice as hard, you know, but it's also twice as fulfilling because you're raising them up in the right way so that they, those, those children won't know anything else but the love of God and the love of a mother and that you're giving them every tool they can possibly have to make, it, make something of themselves in this world. So, single parents, you got me. You got me. So, I needed him to help me. I needed God to help me. How many of you need God to help you? couple hands god will help one more hand two more hands (laughs) as women let's make this world a better place to live in as wives let's love our spouses unconditionally and help them reach their zenith that's not a television set their zenith that means their goals their dreams as moms, let's value our children. And as a grandmother as well, let's nurture them in a healthy, accepting, and loving environment. How many grandparents do we have here today? Come on, grandparents. Raise those hands up high. Yay. I'd love being a grandma. I don't know about you guys. My grandma was my favorite person growing up, so I want to be my granddaughter's favorite person growing up. I'm the only one. Huh? Huh? That's you? No, 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 no. My husband says that's him. Okay. (laughs) As children ourselves, let's respect and value our parents and help them in these last, you know, years of life. That can be difficult. Not on our own strength. Remember this today. I'm not telling you to do things on your own. I'm saying that we need to rely on God to give us the strength by drawing close to his presence and being doers of his word and passionate about life, living life with no regrets. Okay? So don't think, oh my gosh, he's telling me to do stuff that maybe for some reason you don't have that freedom to share. Rely on the Lord. Rely on his strength. I didn't have that freedom either. So we can't live in the life of regrets. We can't live in our past, just like Melissa mentioned during worship. We cannot live in our past. We cannot let the past dictate to us what we're going to live and what our future is going to look like. It's a battle, but we can win it with his presence and his help. We can win it. I have overcome. You can overcome. Okay? Now, you know, Proverbs 31 is a touchy subject. It was for me. Because, you know, churches, the, the church in general, likes to point the finger and say, you're a woman, you should be a Proverbs 31 woman. It's like, really? Really? No. God is really only showing us that he can give us these goals that we can attain. And because he created us as capable... Did you know that you're capable? You're capable of being a woman. Did you know that? Whoa. You didn't know that. Let me tell you that today. You are capable, women. God created us this way. So Proverbs 31 for me was the guidelines of what a godly woman should be like. Have I attained to that? No. Am I trying to? Yes. I'm always growing. I have a personal um, goal that I will always be growing. I always want to learn more. I'm not satisfied with where I am today. I want to be in a better place tomorrow. I want to know more about God tomorrow, today, and every day. So when I began to read these um, Proverbs 31, again, this is not referring to a fairy tale, okay? This is not referring to some sort of a Proverbs 31 goddess. Where is she? Where is she? I don't know. <laughs> it's not that. This is us girls. This is us. God has given us the tools that we can do this. He's given us the tools that we can be a wife of noble character. That we can be worth far more than rubies. That's why we make they make diamond rings. Diamonds, more precious than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. That was a very um, crucial scripture in early on in our marriage that God revealed to us that I was not going to bring him bad, that I was going to bring him good. For a few months there, a couple years, he thought I was out to harm him. you know. And all of a sudden, the scripture came up, and I began to read this for myself, and share it with him, I said, I'm not here to harm you. I'm here to bring you good all the days of my life. So that was how we overcame that issue. <laughs> she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. You know what that means? Trader Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's, girls, right down on Monroe Street. <laughs> She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. She can make some financial decisions on her own. Yay, come on. Come on, girls. And um, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. You know what I realized one day when I was reading this? I thought, you know, we have... We're capable women, and we have the ability to work vigorously, because I give my dishwasher, I load that up, and I say, go to work, girl. I do my washing machine, the dryer, correct? The vacuum, well, the vacuum needs a little bit of help, but the other three can do it on their own. So, we're, we're capable, girls. We can do this. Guys, you can load the washing machine, too. <laughs> She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. That's only when you have seven children. <laughs> right, Mary? <laughs> in her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. All right, you can continue to read the rest of this. It's very beautiful. And also, again, it's, it's a goal that God can give to us. The worship team, you can go ahead and come up here. I chose the song today, Reckless Love, and we're going to sing that again for one reason. And that is for us to be able to open our hearts. Oops, don't fall. <laughs> open our hearts to his love. Open our hearts to what he is intended for us to have. What he wants to do for us. One of the verses in this song, it says that he is... Kristen, where are you? There we go. He was singing over me. It says that he was singing over us. Even before we spoke a word, that means when we were still in our mother's womb, when we were, and when we were newborn babies, he was singing over me. He was singing over you. The next one. Before I took a breath... He was breathing his life in me. I didn't do that. (laughs) And uh, he has been so kind to me. There's another part of the verse that says that he went, climbed the mountains. He literally had to do that for me. And I believe that the things that my mother did to bring me here to the United States was all part of God's plan because that is where I found him. It was when I was here in the U.S., To this day, there isn't anyone in my family that knows the Lord yet, except for one cousin. And we're talking, that's a large family that I had back then. So this plan for my mom to bring me here turned out for good. God redeemed it, and he found me, and I was able to answer the call and say, yes, Lord. So he doesn't waste any hurt. He hasn't forgotten anything about you. He knows everything about you, and he's got a plan for you. So as we, re- as we sing this song again, let him heal you and hold you, and let him, his love and his acceptance, pour over you. I want this to be a very intimate time between you and the Lord, okay? Thanks. If you want to know more about Life Lessons, check us out online at MetroBelievers.com or write to us at Metro Believers Church, P.O. Box 45702, Madison, Wisconsin, 53744.